Well, good morning. Contrary to the technical difficulties, we really are prepared for this. This is uh, week two. By the way, if you're new here, I'm, I'm Norm Oberlin. I'm the lead pastor at The Hope. Uh, I'd like to welcome everybody. Welcome, June. Nice to see you. You doing good? All right. What's this say on your shirt? I'm sorry, did I roll my eyes out loud? Ah, yeah. We need to get that for somebody else. You know who I'm talking about. Today we're going to talk about part two of Home Sweet Home. Now last week, I spoke about how we needed to understand where our true home is, right? We needed to, what? Know our purpose, stay effective, and cling to what's to come, which is what? This life is short. In fact, in comparison to God's eternal time clock, there's just a few grains of sand in this 80 or so years that we get here on this planet. Of course, these days, they're, it's more centurion-like. You know, people are living to almost 100 years. Wow! What'd you say? You're going to be 120? Oh, he is. Methuselah over here? Yeah? Yeah, we're going to see him again here in just a minute. I talked about last week how as much as we go after this stuff on this planet... These are the names that God gives us. We're pilgrims, foreigners, visitors, exiles, aliens. This planet shouldn't be what we're attracted to. We should be attracted to His glory. To His love. To His infinite presence. He wants a relationship with us. And that's what this whole message is all about today. Now, this morning, I want to talk a little more directly about this. Everybody go like this. Now, I've got my microphone, so I can't really go, you know, okay, I just, who said that? They're catcalling me already. We're talking about this body that God has given us and the thing inside of it which we're going to get into a little, little deeper here as we move on. So this earth suit, if I can call it that, this earth suit God made for us just to hold our spirit. And we're going to look at that this morning. I want to open with uh, Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read from verses 26 and 27. And if you're new here, I like to read from the New Living Testament. Normally I put the scriptures up behind me. You can follow along there. Or if you've got your own sword, you can pull that out if you want to compare your version. Then God said, let us, I love that part. I'm not going to get into this and go on a rabbit trail, but God is three persons. Let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Even those little red squirrels that get into my car and leave acorns behind. So God created human beings in what? His own image. 
In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, there are some schools, if I said that last verse, taking a little sidetrack here, that they'd be all over me. Now, we need to be neutral in how we identify. Really. That's contradicting God's word. He made us male and female. We're different, folks. That's how he made us. And it's not up to us to change that. This body, this shell that God was talking about was created in his image. And I, I believe when Jesus came, he came in the form of a man just so that we would, wouldn't freak out. There's going to come a day when we're going to be given a glorified body, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. But how many know that this shell has a spirit in it? All right? And I want to prove that here. Jumping up to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. How many can do that? Anybody here? You make a man lately? Woman? Out of the dirt? You've heard that joke, right? God was with a scientist, and the scientist said, I can make a man. He said, really? Show me. So the man gets the dirt out, gets ready to make the man, and God says, get your own dirt. That's an old one. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Wow. What made Adam come alive? God's breath. This, this uh, Old Testament word, this Hebrew word, is the word neshama. And it means the breath or the spirit of God. It, it is the breath of man. It means every breathing thing that has breath, God gave it to them. And lastly, it means the spirit of man. The spirit of man. When God breathed into Adam, he gave him life. It was God's spirit he put in him. And he does the same every time one of these little babies goes, Awah! Awah! It's the spirit of God in him or her. Now hang on to that last one as we jump to the New Testament. It's the spirit of man. I want you to learn today from Jesus, the Master. He shares something in the New Testament that's so important. He says, when we worship God, we are to worship Him. You know where I'm going, don't you? John chapter 4, verse 4, and then I'm going to read just the uh, verses 23 and 24. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When is it? Now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, I needed a little help here, all right? So I don't often borrow from commentaries, but I wanted to just share a couple things from the pulpit commentary about this. First, 
What does it mean when, when God says we must worship him in spirit? Pulpit commentary says the spirit here does not refer to the Holy Spirit, but to the spirit of man. So everybody poke your neighbor and say, that's my spirit. All right? That part of man's constitution, in other words, what makes you who you are, through which he most especially bears the image of God. So your spirit that God has put in you, that's what most especially bears God's image. Are you still with me? And with which the divine spirit, God, deals. When God speaks to you, he's not speaking to your head, he's speaking to your heart. He's speaking to your spirit. Because that's how God communicates with us. And it goes on to say, and in which he dwells. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. And actually interconnects with your spirit. How many can say amen to that? The second part. We're supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? In truth. The Father is now seeking by the ministry of his Son, by the gift of his Spirit, for those who approach him with deeply felt need and true affection. In spirit. Listen to this. Not in ceremony. In truth. Not in hypocritical or heartless profession. God doesn't want professionals. There are too many of those. God wants you to be you, who you've been created to be. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. Not somebody else. And when you come in here like you're all that, I got it all together, brother. No, you don't. Without Christ, you got nothing. And you need to confess that. I can do all things through Him, but without Him, I can do nothing. The good news about that is it doesn't rely on us so much. There is a part we play. We're going to get into that. God wants His people to feel the need for an intimate relationship with Him. And I've talked about this quite a bit in the last several messages. I really feel like the Holy Spirit has just drawn us back to this till we get it right. Till we get it right. Come on back, kids. Come on. You haven't got it yet. You haven't got it. Say that with me. I haven't got it yet. When we get it, Pastor Norm will be released to move on to the next part. But this is so critical and so important you and I have got to get it first. And I'll include myself in this. When we bring this vessel, this body before Him, it is our spirit that communes with Him, not our flesh. Our bodies are just temporary. Poke your neighbor and say, this is temporary. Some of you are saying, hallelujah. It is our spirit that's going to go on into eternity. We're going to somehow be changed on that day when the trumpet sounds in the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah! First the dead in Christ are going to go up, and then we will follow. Let me share this out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. I love this. God has a secret. 
We will not all die, but we will be transformed. I love it. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died, those who have died will be raised to live for a little while. Forever! And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. So there's going to come a place where this thing we're now wearing is going to be transformed into something new. I don't understand it. I don't know exactly what we're going to look like, but I can promise you when we step into God's glory, it ain't going to matter what we look like. We're going to look good. Hallelujah. We're going to have a heavenly suit, not an earthly suit, and it's going to last forever, and this body, the new body, will never decay. Now that's good news. Because it seems like every morning I get up, I have a new ache or pain. Something else hurts. Can I get an amen from the rest of you who aren't living right? <laughs> who aren't eating right? Who aren't, who aren't exercising right? Now, some of it might be our fault, but some of it has to do with age. You know, where's Brother Gene? Brother Gene, I know you love God and you live right. You eat all kinds of honey, which you know is good for you. And yet, your body's still kind of giving out, isn't it? You're feeling it. And you're waiting for that glorified body, aren't you? You know it's coming soon, brother. It's coming soon for all of us. Hallelujah. So what I want you to see here this morning is this home sweet home idea. It isn't speaking about this earthly suit. Rather, it's speaking about the spirit that's within us. The spirit that's in us. That's what is in the image of God. Can you get that? Are you with me? Now for the part I really want you to get, and this is where I felt the Holy Spirit was taking me. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to commune with your spirit. This is a sobering thought, and, and I've said that before, but you know, when you really think about God coming down, what if he was sitting right next to you right now? which he is here. But in the physical, what if he were just to come down right now and he were just to sit right next to you? Would you be nervous? Would you be thinking, oh, why did I say that to my husband on the way in here this morning? God knows everything. He knows I said that. Ooh, I should ask for forgiveness. Lord, can you forgive me now, please? And he'll look at you and go, I already did. You didn't have to say it out loud. He knew, right? Whatever you have done or are doing, the way you're living your life right now, would you be embarrassed if God showed up to live in you right now? I don't know. God the Holy Spirit wants to commune with us. How? Here's a, here's a good question. How many of you are familiar with whenever you want to come on a ship, the captain has to give you permission, especially in the military, right? So you'd come, up, you'd get to the whatever the gangplank, Permission to board, sir. 
And the captain has to say, permission granted. Well, hear this. The Holy Spirit wants to come up your gangplank. But you have to give him permission. We forget this part. Yes, God created us in his image. But he also gave us choice. He gave us free will. He said, now it's up to you how you want to live your life. God is a gentleman. He will never force you to do anything that you don't want to do. Which means he will not force entry into your spirit. You have to let him in. If you don't want God to come in, he isn't going to force the door open. Are you still with me? It's always a choice. And I, I love this picture because now some of you young people, you might not know what that thing is on the left. We call that a deadbolt. It's a latch that goes over and locks down so you can't open that door. I used an old door just to symbolize the old man. Because we're not new again until we let Jesus in. Right? So we see this deadbolted door, and that's some of you here in this room today. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to be like the right side. I want you to open the door so that I can come in and I can commune with you. I can have a relationship with you. I can get to know you and you can get to know me. Not that he doesn't already know you because he knows you better than you know you. But he wants us to participate in that relationship. Hear this part. If he's not in you already, all you need to do is change the atmosphere to accommodate the Holy Spirit. Worship him in spirit and truth. Get rid of the hypocrisy. Live holy and pure lives. And you all know what I'm talking about because you have your Bibles. You know what Jesus' commands are. The more welcoming your abode what you are creating within, the more that you're going to experience his presence. So if you're sitting here today and you say, well, Pastor Norm, I, I don't feel God. I don't feel God. Then you need to change your atmosphere so that he'll want to come and commune with you. It's not that hard. And every single person in this room can do this if you haven't already. And this is what the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, Norm. Make your house heavenly friendly, Holy Spirit friendly. Get ready for my visit. But what do we do? See, we have our own ideas. Got to figure out where I was at here. The Lord knows. That when we were first changed, according to John 3, 3 and 5, when we were first born again, that even though all our sins have been forgiven, there's still a residue of sin on us. Are you with me? How many are perfect in this room? It's not God's fault. It's, it's sin. Until we get that glorified body, there's a residue of sin on us. 
That's what we spend the rest of our lives battling. God's gotten rid of all our sins. As far as the east is from the west, that's how he sees them. But there's still this residue. And it, it calls us back to the old life frequently. In the assembly of God, we call this sanctification. It, it's a daily walking out of the lives that we've been given. It's making sure that whatever I'm doing, it's God honoring. Not opening the door to a sinful lifestyle. He helps us. The Holy Spirit helps us get control of the flesh so that you and I can live victoriously in the Spirit. Jesus sent His Holy Spirit to help us with this change process. We're no, no longer conformed to this world, but rather we're transformed into His likeness. And that's, of course, Romans 12. And I, I don't need to read that. But what I do like to, what I wanted to note here is that if you look at the, first, the last part of verse 1, it says, this is your spiritual act of worship. What is? You got it? Not living as the world lives. How's that? Keeping this body pure in Jesus' name. That is our spiritual act of worship. In other words, honor the Lord, and as you do, you'll keep the flesh under control. Your flesh is like a monster. It wants to get out. You've got it under the blood, but it wants to get out. But in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, we get the victory. For every child of God, say this with me, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So you should have the victory. Look at your neighbor and tell them that. You should have the victory. Come on. You should have the victory. Come on, you two, you're married. Say it. Yeah, there you go. You sit in the front row, you're getting picked on. That's why usually the whole front row is empty. Here's the best part of this. The God of the universe has always wanted to have an intimate relationship with us. That's why he created Adam and Eve to begin with. He didn't need to. He did it because he wanted to. And he wanted to bless them with everything that he'd created, to show off his stuff and say, here, go, have fun, enjoy this. But then we know what happened. Sin came in, and it separated us, separated us from being able to have that direct communication with him, to be able to walk with him in person, one-on-one, -on -one, like Adam and Eve were able to do until they sinned. But that doesn't change the fact that God wants to live with us. Listen to this, Psalm 90 and 1. Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. How many can get excited about that? God is our home. Not this planet. Not this earth suit. God. God is our home. It's not about a place. Though we point to an eternal place one day. Heaven, like we call, like to call it. The Bible calls it. 
But it's not about the place. It's about the place where that one God lives. It's in his presence. In fact, the Bible says that we're not even going to have the sun when we get there. The S-U-N. We aren't going to need light because the sun, S-O-N, is going to, his glory is going to illuminate heaven. How excited is that? How exciting is that, I should say. So our God is calling us to develop a relationship with him. How are you doing with that? Our God wants to live in you. How's he doing with that? Have you dead bolted the door? Or is it open for him? Think about that just for a minute. I want you to grasp this. The Holy Spirit's calling out to each one of us right now. I want you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want it to be deeper than it is right now. Would you bow your head real quick? Father, just speak to us here this morning. You know everything that's going on in us and through us. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to reveal yourself to those who have hardened their hearts against you. I pray they'd be softened in Jesus' name. Lord, those who have dead-bolted their, their spirits in, that, that have said, no, I'm too embarrassed about what's on the other side of the door. I don't want God. I pray today would be the day of victory for them that they would release themselves and yield to you and repent of their sins and turn their lives around for you. Lord, it's my prayer right now that you'd use the rest of this service just to impart your Holy Spirit into us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Mac, would you come on up? Brother Mac's the world. He's in the world. Put that end in, the, in your pocket. That, that's like, that's the end of your music. All right? What kind of music do you listen to, Mac? Okay, so this, this, this sinner, this unchurched person, he's listening to country. Now, he can't hear us right now. At least I don't think he can. If you see on here, he, you know, he, he sounds more like one of those yodelers to me. But This is the world. It shuts us off to God. Greed, lust, sin. You can see it. You can name it. Whatever you're dealing with in your own life, those things prevent us from hearing what? Can you see what's going on here? I'm calling him by name, but he can't hear me. Okay. God does this. He'll eliminate some of the clutter in our lives. He'll eliminate some of the things that are distracting us, like the country music that he was hearing. But he still can't hear me. Got his head in a bucket. Open the door. Open the door. Unlock it.
Mac, now they've got your attention. Can you? There, now you can hear me, right? Yeah. Now you got your head out of the bucket. The bucket of the world. Do you see that? That's God trying to get our attention. Thank you. You did a great job. I don't, I don't know what song you were singing, by the way, but I had a feeling. Whatever it is you listen to, whatever clutters your mind, whatever gets between you and God, he has to work through that, and, and we have to be willing. When you come into church, as I see it, what we're doing here is we're taking the bucket of the world off our heads. We're turning down the, the daily stuff that we face out there so that we can hear from him, but this shouldn't be the only place we hear. We should be spending time with Him, precious time with Him, letting Him pour into us. And this relationship that I'm talking about, it's man-made. Because He will not influence you unless you let Him. You've got to open the door. And how do you do that? Take the bucket of the world off. Whatever that means to you. And let him in. Have that direct contact with him where he doesn't have to speak through headphones and TV and music and everything else that you've got going in your life. Are you with me? Is it making sense at all? The Lord will do almost anything to get our eyes off the world and onto him. But he won't force us to have a relationship with him. We have to develop that out of our want for him. Out of our love, admiration, and respect for him. Jesus said, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them, and he will come and make our home with each of them. He wants to live in you. He wants you to be his home away from home. Are you willing? Are you letting him in? Are you striving to love him, your heavenly father? Are you making a home where Jesus can live? And just so you know, God's big enough to live in all of us. All right? Don't think, well, he's going to live in Mary first, and then Pastor Norm, and then John. No. He's in all of us. He's big enough to do that. But we have to invite him in. And we do that by making our home inviting. I want to run through two scriptures, two passages. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and following. Don't you realize that all you together are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you, and was given to you by God. 
You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Jumping over to 2 Corinthians. Oops. Which one is that? Oh, I didn't have that one up there. Sorry. Just listen to this one. 2 Corinthians 6, 16 to 18. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? You know what idols are, right? Things that are set up higher than God. So if there's anything in your life that takes precedent over him that's, that means more to you than God, that becomes an idol. For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Those are his words to us. Prepare yourself for the king to live in you. Now, as I've prepared these recent messages, this is something that has really impacted me. This one fact. God wants an intimate relationship with us. And the Lord showed me this. And, you know, I'm a dad. I'm a grandpa now. And Barb and I, with our four boys, and we love them all. We love our, our daughter-in-laws. But, you know, when we're most blessed is when they come to visit us. If they don't ever come to visit us, it can hurt. It's like, what are we, chopped liver? Andy, Sarah, you guys are awesome. Troy, you live with us, so you don't get a lot of points yet. But, but when you move out, whenever that day comes, you'll have your chance, and I know you'll come and visit us. And you'll bring your grandkid, our grandkids. Right, Andy? We love little Evangeline. She's been there this weekend, and we've just been eating her, eating her up, just... Love and honor. We miss her so much when they're not here. But it, it just helps our heart to feel good. That our kids, who we helped create, they come home and they, they appreciate us, they love us, and they want to be in a relationship with us. God showed me, Norm, that's how my people are to me. I want them to come visit, to welcome me, to say, Dad, how you doing today? Abba, Father. That, that's a term of endearment. Daddy, Daddy, I need you today. I just want to spend some time with you. How are you doing? How are you doing? You all know that if you watch Friends. How are you doing? And he starts speaking to us if we listen. That's the kind of relationship he wants. But if we don't ever visit, even though he created us and gave us everything, you see where I'm going with this? He gave us the Holy Spirit so we could continue to have an ongoing and intimate relationship with him. But sometimes, listen to this, sometimes we get so caught up in life and in the world that we forget what's important. I hope that's not you. We can forget the one who gave his all so that we could have it all. That's Jesus. 
Would you stand? One of my favorite verses, which gives us permission. It's Revelation 3.20. Would you read this? Look. Say it with me. Look. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. God wants to commune with you in ways you can't even dream of. He wants to pour himself into you like you've never experienced before. What's keeping him back? Well, for some of you, you've got that, that door of your heart deadbolted shut. You need to repent and say, God, come in. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. You need to be born again. For others, you need to stop living in both sides. You can't live like this. One foot in the world and one foot in heaven. It doesn't work. You need to be committed to heaven. You need to be committed to making sure that this temple is holy. And that doesn't mean you don't mess up. We all mess up. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a lifestyle of sin. God can't live there. Won't live there. Maybe you need to do some house cleaning. Or maybe you're here today and the light's going on and you're like, man, I just need to be more friendly with him. He's knocking on my door, but I haven't been hearing. I'm a believer. I trust God, but for whatever reason, I haven't taken that next step where we're having communion together, where he's eating with me like he said he wants to right here. Your life's going to be changed. All of your lives are going to be changed. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we are again humbled to be in your presence. We give thanks today for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of all our sins. Lord, we believe that he was crucified for us, beaten and bruised, hung on a cross in our place, so that we might have life and life everlasting. Today we confess our sins. Forgive us, Lord, and make us a new person. And Lord, when you were about to leave, you told your disciples that you weren't going to leave us as little orphans, but you were going to send your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we pray today that you would just, even now, begin to speak to us. Fill us, Lord, with your presence, with the glory of God. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room today that you would speak to them. Life-transforming words. What I've said is, is, means nothing. But what you're speaking into them right now, that's what's really important. The words of God, the Bible that I've quoted today, that's what's important. And God, I pray that anyone here today that is resisting you, that they just put their hands up and say, I give up, I surrender in Jesus' name. I come against any foul spirit, any uh, wickedness, Lord, that is attached to these people in any shape, any way, shape, or form.
Deliver them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Give them right thinking, I pray, as you conclude this service. Now let me ask, if you're here today and you feel like Pastor Norm, whether it's any one of those things I just talked about, maybe you need Jesus for the first time, maybe you just need more of Jesus, or maybe you've been living in sin and you know you need to tear those idols down. If, that, if you fit into any of those categories with every head bowed, eyes closed, would you lift your hands up? Hands going up all over the room. God bless you. You put them down. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. I just feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, I so want a relationship with you. Take the next step. Invite me in. How many would like to do that right now? Just lift your hands. Yep, yep, hands going up. Let's do that. Would you pray this with me? Lord, I bend my knee to you. You know what, if you can do that physically and you want to, go ahead and do that. I bend my knee. It's a sign of submission. I yield to you. If you can, lift your hand. Lord, I give you everything that you've given me. It's yours. Say that with me. It's all yours, Lord. I don't want to hang on to it or misuse it. And if I have, I pray for forgiveness. Make me a new person. Help me to use this vessel, this bodysuit, to bring you glory and praise. Change me. Transform me. Lord, give me your spirit. Fill me afresh and anew today. And God, help me to stay on the right track. To love you. To desire you. To serve you with all that I have all that I am, till you return for me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh. Woo! Give God the praise this morning. I'm believing this. I'm not going to have to keep preaching on this message. So this week, how many will commit to living for him and for inviting him in? Come on. Hallelujah. Most of your hands went up. The rest of you sinners, <laughs> sick him, Jesus. He loves us so much. Give him a chance. Let him move in your life. Well, he didn't give me what I asked for. Oh, come on. Come on. He already gave you everything. Your life is sealed in the blood. And you're going to heaven. This life is temporary. Right? So live for him while you're here. Point somebody to Jesus. Show them that God's in you. And they're going to go, hey, what is it that you have? I want it. That's what it means to be a Christian. Let your light shine before all men.
Father, keep us safe in our coming in our going this week. God, help us to love you more than we've ever loved you before. To open our hearts to you. Fill our spirits, Lord, afresh and anew. To overflowing, Lord. For some, that might mean even giving them that heavenly language because they haven't received it yet. And we pray this all in Jesus' name till we return again. Everybody said. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. A great weekend. Hug on somebody's neck you haven't met.